Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field to preview the Packers and the Chargers. It will be a Sunday noon kickoff at Lambeau Field. We have to enjoy this one, Wes, because it's the last Sunday noon kickoff we're going to have for a while after uh, a nice run of them here from a work perspective. But that yeah, the aside... The omelets have been exceptional this year, too. <laughs> yeah. That aside, um, the Chargers, and if I can get through this entire show without calling them the San Diego Chargers, that'll be an accomplishment because I'm still not used to the fact that they are the Los Angeles Chargers. Do you want to do like a bet? Like, you know, a dollar, whoever calls them San Diego <laughs> yeah. first, the rest Put a of little, the show? Put a little jar in front of my... Uh, <laughs> the San Diego jar. Dro- drop money in there every time I call them the San Diego Chargers. Uh. Um, they're coming into Lambeau Field with a 4-5 and five record, Wes, and a few things stand out about this team when you look at just uh, the scores, the numbers, how their season has gone. Six of their nine games decided by one score, and the Chargers are two and four in those one score games. This is a team that certainly at four and five, uh, looking to get to 500 and keep themselves right in the thick of things in the AFC, but they are not far off from being in a much better position yeah. because they played uh, some down to the wire, high scoring, close games, including last week against the Detroit <clears throat> Lions. Um, and uh, Packers are going to have to be ready for everything that Justin Herbert and this offense is going to throw at him on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it, the Chargers are such an interesting ball club because you know exactly what you're getting when you face them, <laughs> and teams still can't stop it. Right. And, you know, first and foremost, the fact, and one of the things I've been drilling home all week, they've played nine games. Two of them they've been held under 20 points. And they lost both of those games. Actually, only only two that they've been held under 24 points. 24, yes. 24 points or more in seven of their nine games. And the only two teams to do it hold them under 24, the Chiefs and the Cowboys, yeah. two teams that everybody's expecting are going to be playing you know, well into January in the postseason here in the NFL. Everybody else has had a hard time stopping these guys. Yeah, and, and they kinda, they're an annoying team to face because you have Keenan Allen, who's in the middle of an all-pro season right now, almost 900 receiving yards, 73 receptions. But then you got that, it's almost like a gnat in the backfield in <laughs> Austin Eckler where it's, he can run the ball, he can catch the ball. And just when you think you have him in a third down situation where you're going to get off the field, Eckler can make something happen to continue drives. I mean, when I look at 
the Chargers, and I've watched them a lot this season because, again, Eckler is my fantasy, one of my fantasy running backs. What impresses me the most is this game, ultimately, Mike, is about moving the chains. And there are very few teams in the National Football League that move the chains better than the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, you talk about Austin Eckler. He's uh, he's had missed some time earlier in the season with an injury, but even with the time that he's missed, he still has 680 yards from scrimmage combining his uh, his rushing and receiving and what really jumps out is that his as a running back his average per reception when he catches a pass is 11.3 yards that's extremely rare when a running back is averaging more than 10 yards per catch because usually running backs who are used frequently as pass catchers you're going to end up with like an eight or a nine or nine and a half yard average he's almost at 11 and a half yard average when um he catches a pass and I hope I'm not dating myself here, but what he he my, my the only like comp in a sense that I, that I can say, and it's not even really a comp because there's a caveat to it. He reminds me of Roger Craig from those old San sure. Francisco 49ers yeah. offenses, but he's Roger Craig who's a lot harder to tackle because of his because of his quickness and his shiftiness and everything he can do with the ball in his hands. This guy is a uh, uh, is a big time weapon in this offense and then as you mentioned, you got Keenan Allen on the outside, 73 catches, 895 yards, six touchdowns this season. Uh cracked the 10,000 yard mark. He's now the sixth active receiver in the NFL uh who's um who has 10,000 plus career receiving yards and uh and the guy pulling the trigger on everything Justin Herbert a 99.5 passer rating on the year 17 touchdowns five interceptions and an arm that is not afraid to make any throw he's asked to make no I'm a big I have always been a big Justin Herbert fan yeah me too I I, during the pre-draft process I brought it up when we did our three things video but I remember talking with David Yost who was Jordan Love's uh, offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at Utah State. Well, before that, he was at Oregon with Justin Herbert. And just the, the stories that he told of, of this guy in his professionalism, his arm strength, and just the pure intangibles that they had to work with. Uh, he was a dynamic, I think in a lot of years, would have probably even been a number one overall pick. It just so happened that he ended up being in probably the most quarterback-rich draft class of this era. And he's done everything I think you could have asked from him with the Chargers. I know a lot of people bring up his quarterback wins and loss record, but I'll tell you what, Mike, you and I have covered enough football that you know whether or not you have a guy when you've been dealing with him for two, three years. Justin Herbert is the guy for the Chargers. And (laughs) as much as we've always talked about the Packers and and this tradition of quarterbacks, I think you really need to put the Chargers in that conversation too. To go from Drew Brees, who wasn't Drew Brees at the time, I get that. Yeah. But to go from Drew Brees to Phillip Rivers to, to now with Herbert, um, just that passing of the baton and what he's been able to do. The fact that Keenan Allen has been as dynamic as he's been with both Rivers and Herbert at different junctures in his career, right. I think speaks to the overall ability of Herbert, who, by the way, has had to make a little bit happen, too, because he lost Eckler for a, you know, a couple weeks, and he's been without Mike Williams, too, now, right. after he's been out for the season. So it's not like they just have this plethora of, of receiving options. A lot of times he's had to make plays on his own as well. Yeah, and Justin Herbert, for a, for a bigger quarterback, stature-wise, size-wise, he's a pretty good-sized guy. 
he can beat you with his legs. I mean, I go back to, as a Wisconsin Badger fan, go back to watching him in the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin where he really didn't throw the ball all that well in that game, but he killed Wisconsin with his legs because for a big guy, he can really run. He can get his momentum going. He can make plays happen that way. He's kind of like Josh Allen in that way, uh, although – it's not though. It's not as though the Chargers, you know, do like designed runs or called runs for him like Buffalo does with Allen. But for a big guy, um, he can be really, really dangerous when uh, when he decides to take off and run. What's up? I'm John Wall, and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The flip side of this, of course, with the Chargers is a struggling defense. And um, that's really the biggest reason that that for everything they've done offensively, they are only 4-5 and five so far this year. The defense ranks 31st in the league in yards allowed, 24th in the league in points allowed, last in the league in passing yards allowed, and in first downs allowed. Um, teams have have you know done kind of whatever they've wanted to against uh, against the Chargers defense in a lot of games, and just when the Chargers thought they were kind of getting their defense back uh, to where they'd like to see it after a slow start to the season, then. Uh, the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff and those guys, they got into that shootout last yeah. week. And then now everybody's saying with Brandon Staley, like what's going on with uh, with that defense again? With the Packers showing the progress that they did offensively against the Steelers, like we talked about on our last show, this could be a really, really entertaining football game, Wes. It could. Here's what's funny about this. Pittsburgh, nothing made sense with them, their defense, their team, their their points four points against being six and three and what have you. I I can't figure out the Chargers defense at all. Yeah. Like why they're struggling. They're they take the ball away. They have a top ten ranked defense in terms of takeaways. Khalil Mack has nine sacks, although a bulk of those have come in a couple games. Joey Bosa, Asante Samuel, Eric Kendricks, you know, Derwin James, they have a lot of talent yeah. on that side of the yeah. ball. Like if you just didn't look at the stats at all, we're just like, okay, this is the defense you're facing. Yeah, if you just look at the depth chart, the guys at the guys at the front of the, all those guys you named off, you'd be like, oh, this is this ought to be a you know top ten, top twelve defense in the league. Yeah, and it would be different if it's like, okay, well they're not getting home to the quarterback, or they're not taking the ball away, or they can't get off the field. They do everything pretty well, but you saw last week in that game against you know with with the Lions is that. You know, the way they ran the ball, how they built the run off of that, and just the issues they had, and, and ultimately end up losing a shootout against a veteran quarterback. That's the big challenge. For Green Bay's standpoint, I think it's a big opportunity. There are yards to be gained out there. They got yards last week against Pittsburgh, who at the time I think was ranked 31st in total defense. So you, you hope that you can convert and also being able to make that into points in the red area. But 
But certainly when you look in terms of the, what they have and in, in the positions and the talent that is available there, uh, the Chargers look as formidable as any defense you're going to see in this league. Yeah, and I, I want to I get to our keys to victory in a moment, but going back, uh, rewinding just a little bit to the Chargers offense, I have to say that last week we might have seen Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions, pay the Chargers offense the ultimate sign of respect mm -hmm. because you know how Dan Campbell feels about his team and his defense, and he's not going to sell those guys short for a second. But – with a buck 45 on the clock in a tie game, 38-38, the Lions had a fourth and two from the 26-yard line, so it would have been a 44-yard field goal. Dan Campbell did not want Justin Herbert to get the ball back. Yeah. So he passed on a 44-yard field goal with a buck 45 on the clock. He went for it on fourth and two, was able to convert, and then they drained the clock and kicked a 41-yard field goal. It was only three yards closer than what he had a minute and 40 seconds prior. But because of the fourth down conversion, they were able to drain the clock, hit, it, hit the 41-yarder as a walk-off, and Justin Herbert did not get the ball back. That's as big a sign of respect for that Chargers yeah. offense coming from a guy like Dan Campbell who would never want to sell his guys short at all. He did not want Justin Herbert to get the ball back one more time in that game, and he was doing everything he could to, uh, to prevent that. It worked out for the Lions. It was a kick-in-the-gut loss for the Chargers for as big of a day, uh, as big a day as they had offensively. And, uh, um, you know, response-wise, it's going to be interesting here because – uh, Chargers had to feel pretty rotten coming off their home field against the Lions, you know, letting that game get away against Detroit. And while the Packers certainly didn't feel great about things walking off the field in Pittsburgh last week, there were some things, as we talked about, to feel better about um, <clears throat> that the Packers feel that they can build upon as, uh, as they get now a home game coming up this week. How each of these teams sort of responds to you know, their, their most recent outings last weekend, I think will be very interesting to watch. Well, and that's going to be the mentality of both sides is that for Green Bay's standpoint, if, again, if I'm Jordan Love, if I'm these young receivers, I watch that film, I try to learn from what happened on those last two series, but really right. appreciate that we made progress in this game where the chargers are in a tough spot as they are a more veteran team uh yes they've had some setbacks with injuries but they expected to come out and compete for a super bowl this year they expected to be a team that's going to make a push for a playoffs and here they are at four and five trying to kind of you know salvage their season and, and claw it out to to get into a playoff spot here in what is going to be a very competitive afc playoff picture yeah and I don't know if this bleeds or not, Michael, into the to, into my keys for victory, but the thing I look at the most of Green Bay is you are back at Lambeau Field, and this is the second time this season the Chargers are playing on grass, which is just remarkable uh, for how much they've been on turf this year. You have to make sure that you take advantage of that. Secondly, Green Bay has to run the football, and they have to defend the run. The Chargers do a lot of things great on offense. Running the ball has not been one of them this year. As dynamic as Eckler has been, he hasn't have his, had as much production on the ground this year. When they had to go to Josh Kelly earlier this year, there wasn't as much production there. You have to get Justin Herbert in this offense into third and long situations. Otherwise, you're in for a long afternoon. Yeah, no question about it. I'll take care of some sponsor business, and then we will dive into those keys to victory a little bit more. 
Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl, Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. I like what you said about, obviously, getting the charges into third and long. What I want to add to that is... Um, I expect, because Justin Herbert's a guy who's done it his whole career, the Chargers are going to convert some third and longs. You're going to get them in third and 10, and they're going to move the chains yeah. because they're going to have something. They, they can be that good offensively. I think one of the keys to this for Green Bay's defense is to is to not ride that roller coaster, to not, to not suddenly... Um, I guess, you know, have have that big emotional letdown or psychological letdown if you do give up a third and long conversion. It's like, hey, strap it up. Here's another series. Let's get them in another third down. You know, I mean, that's the mentality you have to take because uh, um, because these guys, when 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 they get in third and long, they're a little bit they're a little bit better. They're more dangerous in that situation than a lot of other offenses you might face. I guess that's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, and Keenan Allen's a big reason for that. Yeah. I mean, he's a human highlight reel. And and like I remember we were talking a couple of weeks ago when he had that his catch that ended up giving him ten thousand career yards for his career. Uh, this is just a remarkable talent. And the the great thing about Allen and what has made him adapt so well is as he's gotten older and he's had some big injuries too, man. But he's always come back and he's evolved. And he's evolved with this passing offense. And certainly he's become the focal point without having Mike Williams there. And he is a guy that is going to help you get right in some of those situations. I think they have two really good tight ends too, uh, you know, to be honest with you. I think Garrett Everett and then uh, Donald Parham, who's like six foot eight. I've watched yeah, him. He's, he, yeah, he's a tall dude. He can move some dudes and also, mm-hmm. you know, is, is a guy that could be a dangerous threat in the red zone. They, they have weapons to be able to, to convert on you. Um, and I don't know if, again, if I'm going to take this over and make it into one of my keys of victory on my own here, but the first down conversions I think are going to be paramount in this game because when you look at Brandon Staley's defense, much like with Joe Barry, the whole idea there is you don't want to give up the explosive play. Well, unfortunately for the Chargers this year, they're giving up more first downs than any other team in the league. Right. And when you are when a defense is taking that away, whether it's the two shell, whether it's some of their coverages that they're giving you, you have to be able to find ways to produce yards. And for Green Bay, I think specifically, whether it's running the ball or whether it's getting into those third and favorables, matriculating the ball down the field to, to steal a phrase there and kind of working the long way. Because when you're going up against a team that can convert and can move the ball and can score in as many different ways as the Chargers can, offensively, you have to be able to match that pace. Yeah, and we'll, it'll be interesting to see you know what happens as far as how the Packers are going to try to match up against Keenan Allen because Jair Alexander, at the time we're taping this on Thursday morning, is not back on the practice field yet from his shoulder injury. He did not practice on Wednesday. Matt LaFleur did not sound overly hopeful, uh, not ruling him out yet by any means, but wasn't sounding overly hopeful about where things are with Alexander this week. So obviously that's going to put, again, a lot on Carrington Valentine, Corey Ballantine. Um, you know, you're going to have uh, uh, Rudy Ford uh, had played last week but then didn't practice yeah. on Wednesday, so we're not really sure what the Packers secondary is going to look like here. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. For me, if I'm going to talk keys to victory in this game, this just this game just screams at me that it's going to be decided in the red zones. And I say red zones plural because I think both of these teams are going to move the ball. I think both of these teams are going to have ample scoring opportunities in this game. And I think it's going to come down to can the Packers convert enough of their opportunities in the red zone into touchdowns? And can the defense potentially get a couple of stops in the red zone to force field goals? I, th- I think that's where I think that's where this game is uh, is going to hinge. You know, those two third quarter possessions against the Steelers last week, the Packers move the ball right down the field, yes. and you get a first down in the red zone. But then suddenly everything stalls out, and on back-to-back opportunities there, you end up settling for field goals. And the Packers did use those six points to take the lead. But if those six points are are possibly 10 points or maybe even 14, um, the whole rest of that second half in Pittsburgh plays out differently. And I think we're going to see opportunities in this game against the Chargers where a, a lot is going to be hinging in both directions on whether – offenses can convert red zone opportunities into touchdowns or if the defenses can get the stops to force field goals I think this game gets decided between the 20 yard line and the goal line on both ends of the field yeah I agree Mike because Packers they're going up against the second ranked red zone offense in the league right now in the Chargers and they actually have a pretty darn good kicker in Cameron Dicker Dicker Uh, the kicker Dicker the kicker who uh, again, I think it sort of helped settle that that spot down for them now, and, and has sort of found his way and getting in the comfort zone. But Green Bay, it's so interesting, Mike. They're 27th right now in red zone offense, and and that that's after a few weeks in the beginning of the season where they were right up there as you yeah. know, one of the top in the NFL. So just trying to find that momentum again. We've seen it. We saw it at the opening drive last week in Pittsburgh, and that beautiful throw that Jordan Love made to the back of the end zone to Romeo Dobbs, who did the the toe tap and got the score. Yeah. This offense can do it, but they just, especially in the fourth quarter, it's been a real grind lately. So, yeah, I agree with you. Probably more than anything in this game, being able to make those those long drives and getting all six points out of them, that, that is going to be pivotal for these offenses. Yeah. All right. Well, looking around the rest of the league in week 11, a um, couple weeks ago it turned out we were talking about home teams holding serve. Last week it turned out we were talking about road teams getting big victories i'm not sure which way it's going to go this week but the games we're going to be talking about are the prime time games on the schedule because thursday night is cincinnati against baltimore sunday night is minnesota against denver two teams that the vikings were zero and three the broncos were one and five and now here it is in week 11 and these two teams are playing a game both of them feeling like they are right in the the playoff hunt in their respective conferences 
And then the biggest of the big primetime games this week, Monday Night Football, Philadelphia at Kansas City. So with that primetime slate on the way here in week 11, I'll let you pick which one you want to start with. I, I just always get a kick when you see you know Philly versus Kansas City. I'm just imagining all the guys in the New York office back in May or whatever just sitting there like chuckling themselves like, we got that one for November sweeps. Perfect. Yeah. The Kelsey brothers. Wait, yeah. Taylor Swift suddenly the super, involved. The, the Super Bowl, yeah, the Super yeah. Bowl rematch, and then you get the whole Taylor Swift thing thrown, when in, you're trying to, thrown in in 2023 that nobody saw coming. When you're trying to set commercial ad rates, that's going to be the number one <laughs> game that you're going to be working with um hey man denver uh you got to have denver and i think if uh the broncos this run they've been on if you're a packers fan keep it going and seeing if they have the magic to solve this josh dobbs problem that has sort of been uh, yeah. making its way through the national football league that, that is going to be a huge one I, i'll be really honest with you mike I, the, the the chicago game is really interesting to me because at the time in which we're taping this all indications are that justin fields is going to play in this game from what I've been gathering off of the social media. Yeah. So, you know, the Bears are still trying to build something here. They're still trying to convince themselves that there's the rainbow at the end of this thing, whether it's this season or next season. And Denver and Detroit is flying about as high as a team can fly right now. And, yeah. And the culture's there. I, I even saw that that quip. Uh, I think that uh, Jameer Gibbs was talking with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and his 33rd uh, team podcast, even saying – you know, David Montgomery and him talking during the game last week and Montgomery actually like basically giving Gibbs the play to, to go and score the touchdown uh, on the one yard line when originally Montgomery was going to stay in or Gibbs was going to come out. They, they got a good thing going. And I think they've proved me wrong to a certain extent and uh, where they've been able to take this thing. But, you know, the Chicago Bears, man, they're, they're another team, too, that's still trying to show that, hey, you know, there's still something to be salvaged from this season. This would be no better way to do it than going into Detroit and finding a win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some uh, some good games to uh, to pay attention to. Obviously, next week we'll be on the short week, getting ready to go to Detroit for Christmas. Uh, or it's Christmas for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Where's the? I got to put the money in the jar for that one. Um, I got through the show without saying San Diego yeah. Chargers, and then I blow the holiday. Um, anyway. It feels like Christmas, bro. Yeah, I'm telling you. The, uh, the uh, yeah, I need to I need to enjoy this last uh, this last Sunday noon kickoff for a while because uh, uh, things are going to start to uh, start to get a little rougher from a work perspective. But that being said, what I wanted to alert our regular watchers and listeners to is that we will just have one episode next week, uh, as usual, posted on a Tuesday, but then we will not have the usual Thursday episode because obviously we'll be in Detroit for Thanksgiving covering the Packers and the Lions. Yeah, I'm looking forward to eating my turkey roll with you. Uh, before, I, I want to mention one last game, can I? I'm, yeah. I'm messing up the flow of our anniversary. No, no, no. Is there a bigger it. Week 11 game you can think of than the Jets versus the Bills? <laughs> and the fact that the Bills made a decision to change their offensive coordinator going up against one of the best teams and their best defenses in the National Football League? Yeah. Bills are 5-5. Five and five. They lose that game, they're 5-6. and six. Whoo! Yeah, a team pressure. That, yeah, a team that uh, a, a, a fan base that has been starving from you know for time immemorial for a Super Bowl championship, and they've thought the last few years they've been right on the edge, right on yeah. the edge, and now suddenly it looks like they could be scrambling just to get into the playoffs in uh, the AFC. They the Bills might end up being 
uh, as thankful as anybody that the seventh playoff spot now exists in uh, in the conference because it's another opportunity where they can try to get themselves in and make a run before uh, you know the proverbial window perhaps starts to uh, starts to get a little smaller after the opportunities that have gotten away from them recently. You and I have a big week. We have this game at noon Central Time. We will come back. We will have the Packers on Thanksgiving. Yes, and then off into the weekend, which will be our last like weekend until the yeah, end of the Yeah, the, la- the last catch-your-breath moment until uh, until the end of the season for us. So. Put your seatbelt on. Spoff's Buckle driving. Up. Buckle up, folks. All right, with that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team. We'll have everything for you from Sunday's game against the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, at Lambeau Field. It's all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will. See you next time. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. I oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.